It's a beautiful evening in Accra, Ghana. You are tuning live on the number one technology technology conversation on Ghana Radio. My name is Philip Ashon. You're welcome to City Trends. Elon Musk, the world's richest man, clinched a deal to buy Twitter for 44 billion US dollars in cash on Monday in a transaction that will shift control of the social media platform populated by millions of users and global leaders to the world's richest person. The implications, I don't even know where to start from. And so today, as one of you said on Twitter, we have assembled the Avengers of te the technology space in Ghana to dissect exactly what this sale means, the implications on what Musk says is the liberation of free speech or the democratization of free speech, and then also trying to understand the man himself and what he brings to the table as a manager, as a tech leader, and, well, as a very eccentric man who sometimes smokes pot on TV. Then, of course, later in the show, we will be looking at Snoocode and how it ended up in Liberia. And it has now become the official property addressing platform in Nigeria. Incredible things being done by Ghanaians. And um, as everybody's fighting for Elon to be African, African as well. Well, that is what we're going to be discussing on the show today. Your thoughts and your comments are welcome on the show on our WhatsApp and Telegram number 0549-986-996. WhatsApp number, once again, is 0549-986-996. Alternatively, you can reach us on Twitter using the hashtag C-I-T-I-T-R-E-N-D-S. You're welcome to the show. My name is Philip Pashon once again. We're going to have a very varied cast for the show today. And I'm very, very excited to be introducing them right after this. the conversation off i am in the studio with two of the very best one of them um basically frolics on the frontiers of everything social um he was one of the first persons i heard the idea of social commerce from and well if you talk tech in ghana he is one of the main part of that conversation maximus thank you so much for joining us on the show pleasure always 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 ha a pleasure having you the second one has been editing tech news for, I don't know, literally all his life. <laughs> has an incredible, one of the best technology news websites in the country, period. Always a pleasure to have him share his thoughts and ideas. Mainly because he does more reading than most of us. But yeah, we'll take it as it comes. Joe, thank you so much for joining us on the show again. Thanks for having me back. And congratulations, five years um, of the website Technova. Yes, five years. We celebrated five years last month. So it's pretty good. Five years of writing content and producing tech news for Ghana and hopefully African ecosystem. Chronicling our stories. That's exactly what he's been doing for the last five years. And fingers crossed, he'll be doing it for 
10 more. <laughs> Fingers crossed. So, I mean, I'm going to start off with Joe. Joe, for the uninitiated people who have no idea what has happened, what has happened? Okay, for people who don't know what happened and what all the, all the news was about, so Elon Musk, who is basically the world's richest man at this point in time, decided that he wanted to buy Twitter, which we all use, most of us use on a daily basis. He decided to buy Twitter. Um, he basically said that I want to buy everything as it is as a company. So he offered them $44 billion and said, take it or leave it. And apparently, over the weekend, they decided to take it. So now Elon Musk currently owns Twitter, which is now being currently, there's not negotiations in the background, but a couple of months, he will officially be handed Twitter where he can control and actually decide to decide what to do with it, either take it private or decide to do what he wants with it. And it's interesting when he first announced this and the board of Twitter was up in arms, we're not going to allow, we're going to do this, when we're going to do. dump our stock. Yes. And so they even decided, when he first made the offer, I think it was $35 billion that he offered the first time, and they said, no, we don't want you to come and take over, so we'll actually up the price a bit to make it a more premium price. So he decided, I'm fine, what I'll do is I'll just take a bunch of my cash, get a $20 billion loan from, I think it was either Goldman Sachs, yeah, Morgan Stanley, and I'm going to up my price and buy you. And then he did. If anybody ever tells you um, that poverty is a good thing, <laughs> Elon Musk's story should dissuade you from that lie. That lie comes from the darkest places in the world. Maximus, from a social media <laughs> analyst point of view, I mean, how did the news come to you? How, how did you take it? When I was excited, you know. When you hear Midas touch, now you have Musk touch. Right, whatever he touches, he changes or he disrupts the particular industry. And I'm sure he thought through this whole idea of the social media space that he once was so disrupted. So I'm sure he he thought through really very carefully as a designer, as an engineer, as as a technology, you know, inventor. So I was excited because, you know, Twitter, we've always been saying that Twitter has been very stagnant in terms of growth. They have less features that are almost old school, you know. So you tweet and then it's like an indelible ink. You can't erase, you can't do anything. So when he mentioned the edit button. But those things are basically, I mean, we'll get into those, but I I personally find it very satisfying, the fact that there's no edit button. Personally. <laughs> personally. Because a lot of things that have happened in our past where mm -hmm. people have tried to lie and, you change, know, yeah. change history. Basically, Twitter has given us opportunity to actually find those things out. But it's just interesting, like you said, the ideas that this man has, his track record so far, yeah, it's it's just incredible. And I guess that's where he, he your excitement comes from. He's a multifaceted guy. Yeah. From payment to, you know, he did the Zip2, the mapping before Google PayPal. Maps and the rest, PayPal, did Tesla, did Hyperloop. SpaceX, they are doing His Optimus, latest. so now that a robot, yeah. he's yes. doing a robot now, right? A human robot, humanoid, before Neuralink, before <laughs> Tesla. Tesla, I see Tesla as a software company mm. than an automobile mm. company. Mm. So it's the same thing that is going to do with the Twitter thing. Yeah. It's going to mess up the whole, in quote, yeah. uh, social media algorithm and and get uh, Facebook, you know, <laughs> fighting for their life. That's interesting. <laughs> That's interesting. I mean, we will be discussing what the fallout and everything will be. But we have on the line Ethel Kofi. Um, Ethel, good evening, and thank you so much for joining us on the show. It's been a while since we, we had you on the show, so it's, it's really refreshing to have you. Hi. Yes, no, thank you for um, calling me. I'm currently sitting in the mountains, so I'm uh, relaxed and enjoying the... The, the conversation oh you're sitting in the mountains yes yeah yes, yes. I, I like the sound of that yes that is what we all aspire to be in the next couple of weeks is that is that what ceos like yourself and elon end up doing on in your free time you know sit in the mountains uh, listen, listen i don't think i can compare myself to elon Musk in any way um <laughs> but everybody needs to relax so that's a mistake well, it is always a good thing. But one of the good things also is this 
this should we call it a takeover or just a purchase of of twitter and for you as someone who has been watching the tech space for for for, for years how how did you take the news and secondly from your point of view in terms of you know um management and running of a tech company because you have been running a tech company for for quite a number of years how how do you how do you see this move how big is this move for the tech space and then for Twitter even as an entity. Right. Well, to, you know, to be honest, it's quite hilarious for me um, on um, our our tech people and their Lord and Savior Elon Musk because that's what it looks like right now. Right. He is the the best of the best and he's uh, great and all that. It's, it's actually quite hilarious because there is quite a lot of fun girling and fun boring around Elon Musk. Um, I'm a little bit more. Um, realistic, right? So let's we'll look at it from both sides. One, as what does Elon Musk bring to, you know, the profitability of Twitter and making Twitter a better platform? I, I mean, I think that he had, he, I suppose, will come in with an outside perspective on what it will take to bring profitability. Because the problem with the founders is they get, sometimes they're married what their idea for the platform is. And I think that was the problem with Twitter. And so I can see that um, Elon Musk possibly could do a really good job of bringing that, them to profitability. But we also have documented evidence that Elon Musk is not the very best of human managers, right? And I wonder how does that play into making Twitter a more... Um, diverse, a more uh, inclusive organization. Uh, Elon Musk thinking around sort of free speech um, is is an upfront for a lot of people that believe in the fact that there should be safe spaces, uh, safe spaces for for diverse organizations or diverse people. So the idea, it works really well for conservative movements and people who feel like they can, they should be able to say whatever they want to say on the platform without being deplatformed because of free speech. That will be a problem for um, women's groups, uh, diversity groups. That, that's just a battle waiting to happen, right? Because the, the worry is that there is a hate which will encourage hate speech. So, I mean, there are different angles to this, I think that I think that Twitter will become profitable because I think you will bring that thinking to it. Um, I don't know whether in terms of management style and, and in terms of what the platform becomes in years um, will keep the people that are currently on it. I mean, that's that's a very interesting side of the conversation because one of the things that people have loved about Twitter is the fact that, you know, it seems to be and feel like a safe space for you to express, but then there are still restrictions around it. And you, for me, one of the, the, thing, the thing that you mentioned about him and his management style and the history that he's had not being the very best of human managers is also a very, mm. you know, key key factor because the people at Twitter who have made Twitter what Twitter is today, you know, there is that potential of a fallout potentially. We've already had some people resigning within the last um, 24 hours since the announcement of, of, of the purchase. And I'm just wondering, you know, potentially what it will mean for what Twitter will be, you know. I, I, I really wonder from from your point of view because a lot of us are looking at it from just a sale woo you know rich guy buys a company everybody's so excited but there are so many other dimensions to it the, the dimensions of inclusivity in in conversations you know dimension people are talking for example about the floodgates being open for you know ultra rich people being given all manner of access to twitter and things like that i i just wonder how all of these things are going to come together for this platform that we have all found so much, so much happiness in. No, it's not. I think it's not new for ultra rich people to to own media, right? Jeff Bezos has done it with the Washington Post. Anybody who has enough money wants to be able to control and own a piece of the narrative. So for him, I think it makes perfect sense to buy a piece of this and be able to direct the what do you call it the 
again, but you are right. Um, if, if hate speech now becomes prevalent because of free speech, right? Free speech does not mean you, you should, there shouldn't be, there shouldn't be consequence. And that's, I think, the case. Again, we, we can all, we are all at this point just talking about, we don't know what will happen in the future. We don't know what exactly, we don't know exactly how it will work. But we are just looking at what currently pervades. And also, I just have a feeling that, okay, so if Elon is, if Elon is bored with Twitter and moves on, what then does that look like in terms of the management team? I think what he will tell us what he wants to do and what his plans are is the management team he hires and how, what the board looks like. He will give us more of an indication at this moment. We're all sort of just trying to look into the, the glass ball and uh, make predictions. Well, Ethel, um, the the mountain air seems to be doing a lot of good. So we'll leave you to enjoy the mountain air uh, and um, hopefully catch up when we have a bit more details about what exactly Elon wants to do with us. But thank you so much for um, taking some time off your holiday and, and speaking to us on the show. All right, brilliant. Thank you so much. And um, nice to Joe um, and Maximus. Hello. I hope you're doing well. Yes, yes, absolutely. They are sitting here smiling and wondering why you didn't take them along on the trip. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah. Hi, anyway, thank you, guys. Ethel, thank you so much. That was Ethel Kofi, um, who um, basically has been involved in the tech space since forever and a, a champion, yeah. really. Mm-hmm. When when we when, and what she talks about, which I find, and yes, she is the founder of Adele Technology Consulting, um, but. What she talks about in terms of inclusivity, in terms of people feeling, having the freedom to be able to voice up, because what, that's one of the main dangers of a private company. It all belongs, one person decides. And the thing that she said in the end about one day Elon Musk can wake up and say, I am bored with this whole Twitter thing. What happens to the platform? Max? Yeah, even though it's a social media platform, it's now owned by a private person. Yeah. So just yeah. like other media houses. Mm. And of course, Facebook is controlled by Mark Zuckerberg. Mm. And I'm not concerned about profitability because that Twitter is not profitable mm-hmm. at the current state. So it's not like it's going to pick a cash cow and then, you know, run it down. Mm. We, he wants to unlock the potentials of, of Twitter. Yeah. He has said it, and I agree. I don't think free speech is the main reason why he's buying Twitter. <laughs> Even though it happens to be part of one of his biggest narratives. Exactly. Yeah. I'm not sure that is the main reason. So people should not think that when Elon buys Twitter, you can go and say anything on Twitter and then you go through it. Mm. So I think we should look at the innovation and disruption it's mm. going to bring into that space. And that's, Joe, that's where I want to pick your thoughts on. What else can he do? with Twitter potentially. I mean, so right now, I mean, one thing about Elon Musk, he's a very solution-oriented guy. He likes to fix the hard problems that nobody does. He did it with SpaceX and using the rockets. So when it comes to Twitter, I think what he wants to do is open the platform to the point where it's more innovative, it's more open for people to come on board and say their thoughts and do what they want to do. Now, I mean, he spoke about he wants, like he said, he wants to decentralize the platform, basically have open algorithms to see how um, it works behind the scenes. He wants to basically put the source code on GitHub, which is what he mm. wants to do. Yes, he wants to do. Mm. So that's going to be an interesting fact. But going forward, as far as solution-oriented, I think he's, he's mentioned the edit button, which is Twitter is working on now. He wants to also make tweets a bit longer for people to write online mm. instead of doing like 20, 20 characters yeah. because that's not right. I think what he really wants to build is kind of a Reddit-type platform which yeah. where it's more open free speech. There's going to be a bit of content moderation, whether he likes it or not, because every country has its own moderation laws. Mm. I think Europe, for instance, has a new, I think, Digital Services Act where you have to be more harsh on people who post maybe porn, pornographic material, things like yeah. that. So what he likes or not, he has to adhere to some of the country's laws. But I think he still wants to be more decentralized. I def- that one I know for sure. Because he likes Twitter. He, he said he doesn't care about the economics of the business. But I think you hire people to work on the profitability side. Mm. He just wants the, the platform to be more innovative and more mm. open. Because, yes, as Max said, Twitter has been very stagnant over the years. Yeah. As far as profitability, it hasn't been profitable. Right. So he wants to bring that to the table and say, I want this platform to be bigger than it is. And I think by the fact that he bought the platform, I think there's a lot of like army behind him, legion behind him, 
people actually jump on the platform because Elon Musk, my hero, has bought the platform. Mm. So maybe it's a good thing that I must also be on it. So you you probably see a bump in, um, I guess, um, signups because of Elon Musk and cause of the interest. But as far as profitability, we'll see what happens. I think mm. you hire a team to manage it. But apart from that, he just wants to be open and innovative. But Max, what are the potentials that Elon would be considering? Because they tried with their version of stories that didn't end well. They had mm-hmm. to cancel that after a few couple of weeks. Mm-hmm. Shout outs to CNN Plus. But <laughs> <laughs> what, what potentially are the options available to him? Because, I mean, as it is, what are you going to do? Are you going to you go know, back to your stories? Are you, how how else? Because yes, um, um, the 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 spaces seems like you know the most viable option at the moment. But how are you going to you know monetize that? Considering everything that has happened with um, the platform, what's it called, crap? The one that tried to do what Spaces is doing, um, Clubhouse? Clubhouse. Clubhouse. Like you know, a revenue model that makes sense. You know, and that I'm just wondering what are the possibilities that are available to him from from where you. I sit? think they they were talking about even a Twitter blue take the blue mm. this in there. So I'm mm. sure he's going to do a premium version of the platform mm. where mm. there will be no advertising. He doesn't believe in advertising, right? So and Elon believes in the product, the functionality of the product selling itself than you marketing the product. That's how right. he's been he's been running all his companies, mm-hmm. right? So for me, is the functionality is going to introduce to get more people onto the platform, because if your web card looks text texty, right? Reply, comment, favorite, and then you introduce videos, status, and all those things, you know it. It, it, it kind of doesn't fit into that design uh, scheme. Mm. So I'm sure he's going to change that too as well mm-hmm. so that it makes more multimedia uh, content than just text-based mm. content, mm. right? Mm. So he is going to do that. I'm sure he's going to introduce the Bitcoins and the, oh, yeah. all those NFTs. NFTs are already on the platform already. So I'm sure those are some of the exciting things that he's going to in fact, I, I believe it's going to make Twitter more futuristic than tw- uh, Facebook is doing, mm. right? Mm. Facebook, I always say, has become like a bloatware. Mm. Too many features and functionalities that we don't even use, right? right? And right. Twitter, I'm sure they're going to keep it so man- uh, minimalist yep. and then very functional. Mm. And it's going to drive the numbers, trust me. So for you, 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 see, you, see, you see hope for Twitter, and then the the activation of the bots on the mm. Twitter. Twitter is one of the platforms that has huge, a lot. huge uh, uh, bot base. What for the for for those who might not understand what? So fake accounts, right? Right, fake accounts that behave like human beings. They retweet. They only retweet and like or favorite. Mm. They don't. They don't post themselves, right? A lot of them. So you have a lot of celebrities having millions of account, millions of followers yes, on right. Twitter, and engagement is very low because yeah. most of the the account are padded with bots right. Right? right so that's one of the reason why conversion even on twitter is going to be low mm. and i'm sure with his background he's going to commercialize some part of twitter yep. so social commerce is going to drive that that uh, the value chain of 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 twitter and i think the authentication of human beings yeah, as he said that is going to authenticate the real human beings on the platform so that they will kill off all the the robots and the bots. Mm. Facebook has been able to do that. I think they have about three to five percent of bots on their platform. But mm. Twitter is massive. Yeah. It is massive. So that that would be one of the first things that you feel that he yeah is going to. Yeah. And with the open source, the algorithm is going to do is make sure that hey everybody is able to check how mm. the platform functions, functions right. and that is where it's going to stab facebook in the back <laughs> because if it makes the source open mm. regulators will say okay all social media yeah. platform makes your algorithms open yeah. because if twitter has done it exactly do it. why can't mm. you do it and mm. then that's where the secret source of facebook will also come on <laughs> that'll be an interesting <laughs> book to to look into but i mean the conversation does continue you're still tuning into 97.3 city fm and we are having a conversation about twitter purchased by elon musk um yesterday and what's the future of, you know, the the app that we have all come to know and love is looking like? On the phone is um, 
a gentleman who is also very well versed within the space. He's been following, um, you know, the news, and um, he he has been he has a few thoughts to share. Pikiana, uh, thank you so much for joining us on the show. Um, but my first question to you is potentially people are talking about how because Elon Musk over the years has been speaking a lot about crypto. Yeah, and people are talking about the influence of crypto mm -hmm. you know through the platform i don't know if you have some thoughts on that but then to start off your answering what what did you make of this purchase and announcement of the purchase before we get into the whole crypto bit of the conversation okay so i have been following mask for a while and it's not just economics as it stands there's a bit of ideology on this whole purchase now, Musk for a while has been saying that in America, there seems to be so much power on the left. So for those of us who may not be familiar, America is very divided now. We can say to be on the right is to be conservative and to go very extreme is to be, I don't want to say a Trump supporter because I was in the U.S. a while back and I met people who had voted for Trump. And I was shocked. But what I hadn't realized was that the news that I had been watching, hearing in Ghana here had been filtered. And that's the problem with social media generally and the problem that Musk got a little bit pissed off. Then there's the, so there's the left and then there's the right. So the left are those who might say, if we want to talk about a political party in America, we talk about the Democrats, we talk about those who are all about um, freedom, 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 except when it goes against them. I'm sure from my conversation, some of you might probably know where my ideology lies. But Musk is not right-wing. He may seem like he's right-wing, but he's not. He's actually a libertarian. That's why he says, he says things like he's a free speech absolutist and so on and so forth. So there are serious matters here. Um, I'll give you an example. The Ukraine war. Depending on the platform you are listening to or the, the country you sort of live in or align with, the news you hear is different. And in Twitter's case, Musk has had a problem with this for a while, which is why he's asked, for example, on countless occasions that tell us how you recommend tweets, advertisements, and so on and so forth. So all of us, when we go on social media, there's two things. Based on our likes, we are shown things that um, are similar to what we, were, we are interested in, which makes sense. But when, when someone wants to drive an agenda, you really have no idea as to what you are watching unless you are savvy enough to listen to the other side. And as the years have gone by, I've realized, as Africans, we've realized that we need to control the narrative. So there was a, Musk has some friends who are on the right. He has some friends who are on the left. Some of you may remember he had a public fight with his, the mother of his child over, I can't really believe it was, it was I think it was about transgenderism and things like that. And recently, one of his friends, the Babylon Bee, which is a satirical website. So this is, these are comedians, but they are conservatives. Were kicked off Twitter because they had made a joke which Twitter considered against their times. And that's the issue, uh, which is why for me, I'm with, I'm with mask on. Let's see the algorithm. Let's see why you show me what you show me. Why you stop certain news from flowing. There's, there's censoring. There's shadow banning. There's, there's all sorts of things. Now, I'm not with Musk when he says he's a free speech absolutist. I do not think that pedophiles ought to come and free their mind and uh, terrorists and whatnot. But when you have Donald Trump off of Twitter, but you have the Taliban on Twitter, and you have all sorts of things, it gets very nice. So that's my, my position on it. And uh, Musk has said it. Economics... There are better ways to could have made money. But I think this is also about uh, somebody who has the money. And as the saying goes, when uh, money talks, certain things run away, you know. So I think that is what it is. Now, I don't know if I can answer your question. On yeah, yes, crypto. absolutely. Absolutely. Okay. So with regards to the crypto, Musk's position again on crypto has been changing. Um, last I checked, as part of his plans, the things he wants to do, he wants to ban, he actually wants to ban crypto. I may be wrong again, but um, a while back, a couple of months ago, um, I think he, Jeff Dorsey, were fighting with um, A16Z, uh, which are some other venture capitalists. And right now, among the 
the guys who have the money, they are fighting us to Web3 and whatnot. So his positions have evolved as he studies crypto. He's realized that there's a lot of things wrong with crypto. So until he can find a way to make sure that it makes sense, I think he's not going to actually let that fly on Twitter, even though that might have been his initial position. And like some of the panelists have mentioned, other things he wants to do, if I may just quickly skip in this, he wants you to pay, for example, to be verified. Um, he wants to stop advertisement. He wants to have edits. He's, he's actually made posts on this of which I've voted. I've actually followed him. And among all the billionaires, I personally think that He's the best. I don't agree with everything he says, but at least whatever is on his mind, he says. So I mean, for, me, is, for yes. me, the only thing I want is that all people who have been verified should be unverified. And let's all start from <laughs> a clean slate. Let's all start from a clean slate. <laughs> where, He's actually going to <laughs> Where we can, we can have, like, and I, I can imagine a situation where we have, like, a green tick and a blue tick and a pink tick just so that it shows your level, you know, in terms of how much you're able to pay and things like that. But, you know, it's very, it's very interesting, you know, that the, the ethical side of the conversation as well seems to be lost in a lot of people. And it, and I really appreciate that you, you brought you brought that to the fore. But for you, really briefly, for in about, you know, two or three minutes, what does the future of Twitter look like for you where you sit, considering the, the coming into the space of, of Elon Musk? I think the future is actually very bright. Because, um, again, as I said, this is ideological and political in nature. And for a long time, there are people who are not being heard. On Twitter, I'm on Twitter, and among all my friends, including you guys, there's things you say that I agree with, and there's things you say that I don't agree with. At the beginning of my Twitter journey, I would have felt like, let me unfollow this person. But as I've matured, this is a new environment for all of us. Social media is new for all of us. I've learned to understand that I should be able to listen to views that are totally contrarian to what my views are. And it should be allowed. Again, as I said earlier in my last submission, beyond. So once it does this, you're going to see that once there's dialogue, there's dialogue. I don't like Donald Trump, but why must he be kicked off? There's something fishy. So once there's dialogue, people are actually going to realize that this is the platform of choice. Because across all the social media platforms, as Ethel mentioned, they're actually owned by billionaires. So is there a risk that uh, he's, he's going to um, move Twitter in a direction that might not be good? I can't say. But the fact of the matter is that in this current iteration, I personally believe that this is the best thing that could have ever happened to Twitter. Because think about it. The, the, the left in America for a long time have been saying that they are actually the ones who believe in free speech and freedom, freedom to do what you want to do. But all of a sudden, one billionaire, Elon Musk is one billionaire out of many, says, I'm going to take over this. And then people are screaming. It should, it should raise, we should, we should actually understand that there's a fight for everything. So for me, this is very, very good, especially once some openness comes and things like the algorithms, if even nothing at all happens. But we get to see what the algorithms are doing. It's good enough for policy. It makes you understand if you were a country like Ghana and you see things flying all over the internet, things that are, are getting to our youth, are getting to our people. At least we have an idea of what is going on. But if we are just being swayed left and right platform that you don't really know the left or the right, then there are issues. So it's it's a good thing. I personally think it's a good thing. And it's always <laughs> it's always those that you can't put your finger on that are the scariest. You know, you're not sure yeah. because one of my challenges is whenever I see a new platform popping up, my first question is first of all, how are you making your money and where is the money going? <laughs> if that money trail can't be established and it's not clear, I, I yeah. personally don't believe it. And that's why for a very long time, um, you know, the certain platforms just do not appeal to me because mm -hmm. you just don't know what yeah. the direction is and where it is headed. Yeah. But thank you so much, PK. Thank you so much for making time to share those thoughts with us and really appreciate your thoughts on the ethical side of the conversation, something mm -hmm. I'm just going to um, pitch to uh, Maximus and, and Joe right now. But have a lovely evening and, and, and enjoy the very best of the week. My pleasure.
Well, bye, 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 PK. Thank you so much, PK. But so, I mean, the, the ethical side obviously is is key, you know, because Max, like you said, if Twitter has been operating this long and is not profitable, really, is it just because is it just for the fun of it that you know they keep the lights on, or <laughs> you know something something must give and yeah. and something has given yeah <laughs> you know and but there is that other side of the ethics of it as well mm. literally every huge media platform whether social or whichever has the influence of a multi-billionaire yep. you know so what exactly. makes Musk so, so different, different from exactly. the rest of them i don't know joe if you have any thoughts on that yeah, it's uh, always a funny thing when it comes to Elon Musk. Everybody has their uh, varying opinions about him. But if, like, I mean, I, I read his biography, and from what he said, like I said before, he's somebody who just wants to solve problems. I don't think he necessarily leans one way or the other. I think he's more of a centralist. Like, yeah, he wants to hear both sides. So he doesn't like the fact that maybe the left-leaning people in America are always taking up a bulk of the social media platforms. He wants to hear the other side. He wants to hear that nuanced discussion like, okay, you have an opinion, this other side of an opinion, we have a middle ground. But where do we draw the line? I mean, you know, like PK said, where do we draw the line of pedophiles and, you know, anarchists and everybody else being a part of it? Where do we draw the line? <laughs> I mean, even he said himself in an interview, I think it was a TED Talk, that, of course, every country has its rules and he's going to abide by the laws of the, that country. So if... For instance, you can't post certain content. Twitter will not allow that content to be posted. I think that's where he's going to draw the line as far as the rules of a certain country. So mm. I think that's what he's going to do going mm. forward because he's going to abide by laws. Mm. He can't say that I'm going to break this law because I want a free speech platform. Right. Not every country has free speech. You can't go to China and say that I want everybody to just have an opinion. <laughs> that's not going to happen mm. if he ever goes to China. Mm. So yes, he has to abide by the laws and just follow what everybody does. But I think in America, for instance, it's more open. People can have a discussion about the right or the left and he's going to have make sure that okay let them have their opinions but if it goes to a certain uh far point as far as pedophilia or anything like that he's gonna he's not gonna have it on the platform right right max and i think the the other thing is see, he said he's going to make it a digital public square mm. Mm. you know so that's how you're going to promote free speech but does not mean that free speech should be illegal speech mm. it has to be within regulation it has to be within laws and that's what i'm excited about and of course, the 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 left are not happy <laughs> because <laughs> they are not going to own the two major social media platforms in the U.S. So I can imagine what will happen during the midterm elections on Twitter. Mm. Mm. So, <laughs> because and it is true with yeah. everything that we've seen on Facebook with Cambridge Analytica and the influence, yeah. you know, of Russia, whatever it is. This this is Twitter so, is basically where a lot of these opinions of a lot of people are formed. True. And if you can have someone like this opening up the space for potential conversations to happen, it's it's really incredible, you know. And what I like most is, you know, the thing that both of you have talked about in, 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 in bits and pieces is the fact that this is someone who is very solution-oriented. Mm -hmm. So if there is anything that allows for people to influence, you know, beliefs and things like that, and there's a way to solve it, Elon will find a way yeah. to solve it. Yeah, and what it, it means for other platforms is a, a lesson yeah. for all of them to yeah. pick yeah. up on. Yeah. Raising the bar, literally, you know, Max. <laughs> yeah. But I have on the, on, on the line Lady Omega Hammond, currently with Mest. Um, I wanted to find out from her. We have so many young tech entrepreneurs doing the listening right now, everywhere around the world, looking at this as a story, you know. And for me, what I want to find out from her is what this Twitter story basically teaches young technology entrepreneurs doing the listening or wherever it is that they are. And Lady Omega, thank you so much for making time to join us on the show. You have you have been through the the ringer, you know, like you've been you've seen the ups and downs of what it means to set up a business and watching the business tank and rise again and everything else. And now you are actually doing a lot of lecturing at Mest and interacting with 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 students. I just wonder for you from where you sit, you sit uniquely. How do you how do you see this Twitter story being a lesson for for young technology entrepreneurs who are trying to you know make make it in the space? Thank you so much, Philip, for having me on the show tonight, and hello to all our guests in the studio and online. Um, I think the biggest thing for me is do whatever you can to stay alive as a startup. 
and if it means a buyout, also craft your buyout headline. Um, but the most important thing is, I think even though Twitter was not profitable, they did whatever they could to stay um, afloat as a viable business. Um, and I also applaud their board um, for the way even they took the whole, um, let me say, engagement with Elon Musk um, and how they were able to still make sure that whatever the agreement was between the two of them, it was still a good deal for Twitter, no matter how, whether they were making a profit or however they, the value was as a company. Um, but um, most importantly, the, the their product really did not evolve or we, they didn't change a lot of their features drastically. They tried to stay within a certain um, identity with their customers, which I felt was one of the reasons why they retained a lot of users. Unlike a lot of startups where we feel releasing a lot of features or putting out a lot of um, fancy things that people are not asking for um, was what um, would make them viable as a business. But learning from Twitter, we see that they stuck to certain things and they just, they made a few changes but they still stuck to their ground with what the basic functionalities of Twitter was and have brought together people all over the world to be able to share freely. Um, but I think um, this is a good win for Twitter. Um, I, did, I, re I was really observing to see what their big break was going to be, and I'm really looking forward to how they're going to evolve as a company. Um, I, I don't know how, how... I know a few of the Twitter employees um, were tweeting about how uncertain they felt about whether they still had a job or not. And um, I think whatever um, comes is going on in their company right now have kept them calm. And I also applaud their CEO. I mean, moving from an engineering role into an executive role, it must take a lot um, for him to have managed the company thus far and to have gotten to this agreement. So... There's so much to learn, but this is the little I'll share. Well, Lady Omega, thank you so much um, for, for sharing those thoughts with us and, and do have do have a lovely evening. Gentlemen, uh, my, my final question, and um, before we get Naseb Wedi on, 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 on the line to, to wrap things up for us, um, has to do with the man himself. I mean, we, we it's not his fault that he has money, you know, but basically we've gotten to this point where literally every major company of notes that is future looking hmm. in any shape or form has musk involved yeah. in it you know in one way or the other and yeah. is that not dangerous like do you not do you not feel you know that that's that bit of danger because all of this in the hand of one man no i think you see his his style of of thinking and and creation or uh, innovativeness has by default positioning where he is. I'm not sure he, he went out to go and make money or become a billionaire. Mm -hmm. He wants to mm -hmm. touch automobile and he's done it. He wants to put a transportation system in a in, in a in a loop or in a in a what uh, underground. Mm -hmm. He's done it. He he's sent a car to uh, aliens in space. You know, he said you can reuse a rocket. He's designed that and he's making money, sending thousands of satellites into space. Mm -hmm. He wants to make solar panels uh, part of the architecture of a building than just an installation. Yeah. So now your roofing sheet is a solar panel mm -hmm. thing. He has redefined that. I, I'm sure the Australia, when they had that power oh, issue, he went yeah. to install the, 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 energy. The, power, the energy thing for them. Gave them a deadline. If I'm not able to achieve this, don't pay. Mm. And he mm -hmm. was able to do it. He has all these uh, charging systems all over the place. Mm. He's, he's ventured into robotics now. So mm. he wants to create human-looking uh, robots, mm. right? He has started that. Starting from creating games and doing payments and then mm. doing mapping apps. And he's almost touching anything that we use every day. I won't be surprised very soon you will start creating aircrafts because not, with the not, same technology. Does that not make it even more dangerous that one man? At least we just, know his mind. Like you know he, said, he, like he yeah. said, just because of the way he thinks, 
has literally dominated literally everything that is future-looking around the globe. One person. Yeah. Is that not even dangerous as a thought? There's always this joke that <laughs> the must is not really human. It's an alien from space. Exactly. He's coming to give us all the technology now. But I just think, yes, as Max said, it's just the way he thinks. It's, it's very interesting to see one person have these futuristic ways and also building it. Mm-hmm. Like the fact that he's built a rocket that can go into space and come back on its own mm-hmm. is a feed. Every time I see the videos online, I'm always impressed. Like this is stuff of the future that we are not used to. Yeah. So whenever he has this grand idea, I think he really, really wants to build it. And he pushes himself to this kind of above human limit to build it. Mm. He did it with Tesla, with the cars. He did it with SpaceX, which is, I mean, the fact that somebody comes and says, I want to build a rocket to go to Mars sounds very absurd. But the fact that he actually did take the time to build it, Mm. and now we're seeing rockets going to space and coming back, and now he's building a bigger rocket, which can take humans to Mars, is is incredible. So as far as the danger part, I think it's based, I don't think it's necessarily danger. I think it's inspiring people to think big. And they say, don't, I go above your limit. Don't think that I want to build, do something that's this earthbound. Think above and beyond. Mm. So I think it's more inspirational that people want to build bigger things and do better things. Mm. I mean, as, as far as one man having power, I think that's him. I don't think necessarily he likes the power, wants the power. I think he just wants to create solutions mm. for the world. It just so happens that he, he ended up being from He said he doesn't own a building. So he, a, he, he sleeps, he, in, he sleeps yeah, with, with his friends. Yeah. That's the billionaire, the richest man on it. <clears throat> I know where I know where that one is headed, but let's let's wrap things up with uh, Stephen Asebwedi. Um, Stephen, um, thank you so much for joining us um, on the conversation as well. Um, for for you, my question is, what does this mean for the social media platforms generally? Because we've seen um, Zuckerberg show his hand in terms of the meta and the meta universe and the metaverse and everything else. And now, Musk is showing his hand with basically mapping out what the future of social interaction in a certain sense should look like. What, what does this purchase mean for all these other social media platforms, especially when you think of the level of innovation that Musk is likely to bring to Twitter? Uh, thank you very much, Philip. And uh, the guys have said almost everything. To answer your question, I think they are going to set up to, because, I mean, he's not disclosed a lot about what he wants to do. One thing that he said, which I mean, I'm sure they're all thinking about, is that he wants to make it less ad revenue, I mean, uh, based, and make it like a subscription-based uh, portal. How is that going to work? How are businesses going to respond to it? Because at the moment, even though it's not the biggest when it comes to ad revenue, most of the platforms, they push ads to us to, to survive. That's how they make their revenue. So how are they going to respond to it? Um, he also wants he calls it the public square. I mean, global public square. So he's going to democratize free speech a lot more. How are people going, not just Facebook and the rest, who are kind of responding to the cry for more regulation and restrictions responding? He is now going to liberate it. How is that going to look? How are even the EU and other companies, other, I mean, unions going to respond to some of the things he wants to do. The fact that he's a bit of a maverick means, I mean, they are all going to have to wait and see what he's going to do. He has a history as a great technology, I mean, innovator, so they are all going to have to sit down and watch what he's doing. But definitely, the business is going to have to sit up and watch him. Well, now, nah, I mean, now I say, you know, and for you as well, uh, the future of Twitter, everybody says it's bright. Do you agree? Uh, it depends on what he does. I've said, and Matt and I, and I always say this, that at the moment, the only two things that Twitter does very well are hashtags. Twitter owns hashtags, no competition hands down, and Twitter spaces. The way it's killed Clubhouse and all the other ones trying to mimic it. What is he going to do to bring it? Because at the moment, it's not ranking very well. It's being beaten by TikTok, Instagram, I mean, all these platforms, even Telegram beats it when it comes to the global rankings of the most active platforms. So he's going to have to do something radical. Max hinted at the fact that more and more platforms are becoming more video and uh, uh, video content heavy. How are you going to do that? We, yes, Twitter access to videos, but it's not known for that. 
So how is it going to change even the timeline, the kind of feed that we're going to see, all those things. But definitely for news agencies and other things and for conversations, the future is very bright for Twitter. Nasib Wadi, thank you so much um, for that. And to wrap up this particular section of the conversation, Elon Musk tweeted at 626. He says, by free speech, I simply mean that which matches the law. I'm against censorship that goes far beyond the law. If people want less free speech, they will ask government to pass laws to that effect. Therefore, going beyond the law is contrary to the will of the people. I mean, there's nothing else to say about that. Yes, sir. There is nothing else to say about that. And I like the fact that he's direct. I like the fact that, you know, regardless of everything, he speaks his mind. And he's very clear. Can you imagine the traffic hitting that account now? (laughs) Wow. (laughs) I mean, it has has over 500,000 retweets. And this is just less than an hour ago. But yeah. um, Yeah. You know, it's it's fine. Um, Thank you. Thank you guys so much. But don't go. Um, we are going to be discussing Snoo Code. And, you know, before we even get um, Cesar Amanda, what what was your favorite thing about, about Snoo Code? You know, I'm sure you guys have yeah. had your personal experiences. I think you did an exclusive yeah. um, with them some, some years ago mm-hmm. as well. What has been or what was your f- favorite thing about, about Snoo Code before we get Cesar on, on the line? Oh, it's the simplicity. The fact that I can just push one button and all of a sudden I just get a digital code wherever I am was just really maverick. I really like that idea, the fact that I can just go on my phone, open it up, push a button, bang. That's it. Code. And that was it. Very simple. I love the simplicity of it. Mm, Max? Yeah, it works offline too. Yeah. 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 That was That's the magic. <laughs> that yeah. was the magic for which reason I didn't understand why we had what we had. But anyway, that's enough. <laughs> Thank you so much for joining us on the show. It's always a pleasure to have you. Are you are you back in Ghana after your exploits in Liberia? Yes, yes, I'm, I'm back in Ghana. Thank you for having me. Yes, it is it is a pleasure to have you. Um, Joe talks about simplicity. Maximum talks about the offline um, bits of of the application. Tell us tell us about this Liberia journey. What are, what exactly has happened in Liberia? For which reason um, they have considered making Snookode their official um, digital addressing platform? Um, so, it, this all started about a year ago. Um, we received um, information that the Liberian government was looking for an addressing system. Um, and all the usual suspects were there. Um, and we had the opportunity to present our, you know, our application and demonstrate it um, a few times. Um, yeah, and we eventually won. Um, so yeah, it's, it's been an it's been an interesting process. Um, there's been a few delays because you know um, that's the way with um, national governments. But um, I think we've reached a successful end, and um, we are sort of getting ready to start things. I think, as you might already know, Snoopload is already available in Liberia. Um, works everywhere in every square inch of Liberia. Um, so we are, you know, we are well on our way to achieving what um, we, you know, somewhat argue we could have achieved in Ghana um, a couple of years ago. For for the uninitiated, what, what does this mean for the people of Liberia, for example? When when you talk about Snookode becoming the official, you know, mapping digital addressing system for Liberia, for someone who has no idea what that means, can you break it down for us? Okay, so um, so Snookode have always been like the pioneers of the digital addressing um, um, space, right? A lot of people don't know this. Um, you know, patent documents going, you know, all the way back to 2009 and 2012. Um, so we have, you know, intellectual property ahead of everyone, including, uh, you know, uh, you know, the people we have here in Ghana and, you know, um, um, elsewhere in the world. Now, what it means for the Liberian people is that today, right now, as we speak, um, somebody um, can generate an address uh, and then, you know, generate a six-digit address um, and then be able to feed it to the police, ambulance, or fire service and receive help or feed it to a, a merchant and be able to have things delivered straight to their front door. Um, and, you know, there are lots of nuances about, 
other ways Nico has built um, differently from everything else. Um, and we 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 have a we have a great expectation that the Liberian people will use it to better their lives in ways that we can predict and ways that we have not yet thought about. Can you can you? I mean, because we know that one of the things that um, we we're going to experience or we had an experience of was the ambulance service and how Snookode was connected with the ambulance service. Um, yeah. are, are all of these going to be manifested, you know, in terms of how you deliver the service in Liberia? Yes. As in, so Liberia has happened within a certain context. So we have Snookode right now that covers the entire globe. Um, but for Africa specifically, we cover, you know, 58,000 hospitals pharmacies, um, ambulance um, um, ambulance stations and clinics. So they will have a system specifically for the ambulance service that will allow ambulances to reach anyone in when on the Liberian continent by land, sea and air <laughs> with or without the internet. Um, so that's so that's what's happening in the space of emergency health. There's um, also things that are happening around, um, what's it called? There are also things that are happening around um, public health. Um, we know that Liberia was um, one of the epicenters of the last Ebola outbreak, um, or the last major Ebola outbreak. And so when everybody has an address, things like disease surveillance and things like that can, um, you know, can be much, much better managed. Um, and with all of these things, the important thing is that people have an address that they know and can remember. Um, and the sneak code addresses in Liberia are only six digits long um, in most places, right? So, which means it's easier to remember and therefore easier to use. Um, so, for example, if um, I ask you about the, a certain comp- competing addressing system right now, you probably have it on your wall, but you can't remember it. Um, and that's, you know, very intentional. Uh, so we're very intentional on making sure that we had an addressing system that was short and easy to remember for people to be able to actually use on, in their day-to-day life. Are we going to see other African countries taking up SNUCO? You, you did mention that literally the entire globe is mapped, you know, um, yeah. at the back of the um, hand of Snookode. Are we, are, we, are we to see any other African countries popping up with, with Snookode as the official addressing system? Yeah, as in there are a few other countries that we are in advanced talks with. Um, but, um, yeah, I, I'm not at liberty to talk about them now. Um, but suffice it to say that Snookode now covers every country on Earth without exception. So... It could be the most remote island. Um, so that's so that we have been very quiet, but that's what we've been quietly doing. Um, we've been systematically building Snookode for the entire globe. Our focus has been Africa, but we have had interest from as far as field as South America and Oceania um, and, you know, the Indian subcontinent. So, um, yeah, we, we are doing a lot of things all over the world and... Um, yeah, um, we, you will be seeing a lot of good things soon. And I just like the fact that it's Ghanaian. For me, that's, that's all. That's it. Well, um, Sessinam Dagadu, thank you so much. Um, yourself and the team at Tiny David and um, for, for sticking to the dream and, and seeing it to where it is today. Um, kudos to you. And I'm sure the guys in the studio also um, yeah, share, yeah, share, share yeah, those sentiments with me. And literally everybody in the yeah, text place in Ghana um, um, share those sentiments. So congratulations <laughs> once again. And I can't wait to hear which other African country is going to pick up Snookode as their official addressing system. And have a, have a lovely evening. Offline. Thank you. Thank you. Well, uh-huh. gentlemen, th- I mean, this is where we we will draw the line, the curtain on on the show. But final thoughts before before we go, especially on on Snookode. Yeah, I think it's quite exciting, and I'm sure we are waiting for his hundred billion acquisition. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, it, yeah, I'm also waiting for some news like that because Africa has said most places are offline. So mm. the fact that Snookode has this offline feature and actually can get a dressing system going. That's really big. So I'm looking forward to hear which other country they actually stop in. That is all we have time for on the show today. My name is Philip Sean. A big thank you to Joe and, of course, to Maximus and to all my guests on 
the line that joined us as well and to all of you for sharing your thoughts as well i do hope this show has been beneficial to you in one way or the other that's all time will allow us for big thank you to the producers of the show and till next week stay techie <laughs>